Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me as always is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. It's good. Been a busy week uh, in Heroes and other games. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to think that... Uh, I know we, I know this episode is, is uh, coming out... Wait, no, this, yeah, it's been a week. I was just going to say, yeah, it's been a week and a half, but no, it's well, been a week. Week and a day, a couple days, not quite a full half. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It has, yeah. Anyways, time, it, it means nothing uh, at this stage. Every day, uh, I, I mean, my personal situation, being home with the kids, it's like, the only, the only marker is Saturday, because I give the kids Saturday morning cartoons to kind of shake things up. But other than that, um, the only thing keeping this schedule on the roll is is uh, podcasting because I got to do it on a specific night. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time. We hope everyone's staying safe uh, and and uh, enjoying what they what they enjoy in in terms of podcasting and video games and Fire Emblem because we're going to talk about that tonight. We've got a mythic hero. Uh, we've got a bunch of cool stuff, including Game Club. And without further delay, let's jump in because we've got some banners with the weekly 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 revival banner twelve, and then the Tempest Trials banner goes until the first of June, and Heroes with Lull skills goes into the first of June. Uh, hero or sorry, three houses. There's a banner for three houses until the second of June. Mythic Milla until the sixth. Bridal Belonging until the tenth, and Bridal Beloveds until the twentieth. Eddie, how did you do with your summoning this week? Not too bad of a week. Um, I got a Edelgard off of the Three Houses banner uh, once I realized that uh, you can get the first summon tickets again. Mm-hmm. Um, I also dove into the Miller banner, of course. Uh, initially pulling on Colorless and Green. Uh, thoughts of maybe getting Ocean to fill in that missing spot in my catalog. Uh, though after Hector interrupted... Um, I decided to drop the greens and uh, only summon on them if I had a no colorless ring uh, and did end up getting a, another Hector on one of those. Uh, and Alm did pity break me once, but I did eventually get Mila. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah, it uh, it was interesting. So I, I went in on the uh, Mythic Banner for Mila, just not because I have any specific interest in Mila, but more because I have Duma. And I figured it'd be nice to have the Mila Duma sort of pairing uh, just to kind of have that that completion there. And I thought okay. sort of like my luck was playing tricks on me because I got two legendary alms. And I thought, okay, maybe maybe this R- is going to game, wrong character. Yeah, exactly. And don't get me wrong. Legendary alm, fantastic character. Already had one of him, maybe even two already. So uh, my, my merge alm is looking pretty good, which I have no problem with that. And, uh, but then I got a legendary Leif, which I did not have already, which was nice. It's always nice to get some new heroes. And finally jumped back in and got mythic Milla thinking to myself, like, I, I'm probably going to go down a rabbit hole with this, trying to get Milla and it could be Edelgard all over again. And luckily enough, it wasn't, uh, I did get some bonus four star heroes. You did get Edelgard eventually, right? I did. Yeah. And I, I just meant like, I thought. I, I don't think, see, I, the word Edelgard and, and Mila differs. I don't think I was going to buy orbs for Mila. 
Um, I did, but okay. I did end up buying orbs for Edelgard. I got the starter pack, which I mean, isn't, I was saving it. I was saving that purchase for when I was, it was like break glass in, cl- in case of emergency. And I mean, I wouldn't necessarily consider Edelgard an emergency from, from my standpoint, but she was, she's a pretty stellar character. I've been using her across the board and she's fantastic. It was a small patch of orbs in your back pocket for a character you really wanted to try and get. Exactly. And I mean, it, it worked out, so it, it paid off. But um, with Mythic Mill, I did end up getting her. And I think this is probably the most luck with Colorless uh, that I've had in a while. And, and I did end up getting a couple of four stars that I never had before, including uh, Forest and Tanya. So uh, all in all, a pretty good haul. Uh, I'm back into saving mode. I was te- almost, I was tempted, like last episode we talked about the Bridal Beloved banner, and I was tempted to go back in for Nyla. And then when they announced the Three Houses banner and how they were going to do it with the 40 summons, which we'll talk about in a bit, I was tempted to go back in there because I didn't have female Byleth or any of them. I didn't have any of them. So I was kind of like, I, I could jump back in here and maybe get one or two of these characters, depending on my luck, but um, I don't have I don't have the orbs. So I kind of yeah. stayed clear. But uh, yeah, it, all in all, a good you, week. You've for at least summoning. done your free summons, right? Oh, yes, I did. And I did a couple extras and no luck. I, I think I got to about 10 out of 40 summons, maybe 8 out of 40. I didn't do the math on how long it would take me to get to 40, but I don't... I don't believe I have the orbs. I have them sitting about 40 orbs right now, so that wouldn't okay. be enough to get me. That would maybe get me 10. That would, that would get me 10 summons, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so not not nearly enough, but... Eight, uh, eight to 10, depending on how you summon. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think if I was beelining it for, uh, for a free summon, I might just summon on everything, but... Um, yeah, if you summon on everything, you would get 10, 20 orbs per full round. If you summon just the first summon of each rain, you would only get 8. Mm-hmm. You know, because 5 times 8 is 40, last I checked. It is, yes. And I mean... So. uh it, it again it would be it would be tempting and this one might want to be this could be another one of those scenarios of like okay if i really want one of these characters and there's always going to be one of those scenarios like i really want these characters but if i really wanted one of them i could purchase the i think the forma packs on right now that's probably the best deal mm-hmm. um and the 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 uh the hall of forms isn't isn't too bad a character selection there's a lot of characters i'm missing in there as well uh, not oh, yeah, that I, I need, need to, them, but I need to go back in and keep, get working on the Hall of Forms. Mm-hmm. I'm so bad about that. I do like the first day, and then I forget about it, you know. Um, so yeah, but we did get that new banner. But before we go over the banner revival that we got, uh, we do have a couple other events that'll be starting this coming week. Uh, so let's quickly run through those. Uh, we got a Lost Lore starting tomorrow on the first. Heroes with Bond Skills banner will be replacing the, uh, oh, what skills was it? Lull Skills banner uh, tomorrow on the 1st. The Bridal Bloom banner revival will start on the 3rd. Uh, we have another round of Coliseum quests. May or may not be new ones. May just be the same old as all the other times we get it. Starting on the 4th, we have a new Heroes banner and a Forging Bond starting on the 5th. And on the 6th, we have a Grand Hero Battle to go with those. 
Nice. Yeah, so it's a, it's a good week, and we're into June, everybody. Welcome to June. Uh, as alluded to earlier, we got a surprise. Three Houses, New Heroes Banner, and Forging Bonds Revival. That's right. We're at the point where an event has, be, has been around long enough that we're getting revivals for Forging Bond. And uh, this week we started with a bit of a surprise, but out of nowhere we got a revival of the Three Houses Banner with Female Byleth and the Three House Leaders. This revival came complete with a shortened Forging Bonds rerun as well. All point-based rewards returned at half cost, uh, 1750 to complete the event, including the first summon tickets. So we got the first summon tickets back, which was a nice touch. This rerun banner does include the new 40 summon feature, as we talked about earlier. So if you are missing one of those four units, you can get you can be guaranteed to get them for the low cost of at least 135 orbs. Now, uh, keep in mind, I think this banner runs out tomorrow. So you've got one one day left as of this recording. Uh, so you this might all be mute, but uh, or sorry, this might all be moot. Um, as of the recording, you have like two days, a day and a reset. True, yeah. Uh, but that being said, you can be prepared for the next time because we also got a poll to pick the next revival banner for late July, uh, and uh, where most likely the duo Ephraim banner will win, and and it has won. So the duo Ephraim banner was the winner, and it was announced on Twitter. So look forward to that. Um, I don't know who else is on that banner. All I know is that people really wanted so, Sacred Stones, and I think Duo Ephraim was the main thing because these revival banners come with the 40 summons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I put down next when I was writing up the notes. We don't know for sure that it is guaranteed to be the next one. They may do one for June. It's just they're letting us choose one for July. Yes. I can't yeah. remember if the poll said uh, pick the next revival banner. Mm-hmm. but. So the winners of that banner, the uh, Desert Mercenaries, was uh, Tethys, uh, Garrick, Ewan, Ewan, and Ephraim, the duo Ephraim. So, I mean, duo Ephraim, as you said, is the reason people went for it. Um, yeah, I mean, if you save up enough orbs when this revival pops up, if you don't blow on summer banners, you get a, unless they throw a curveball, you can get a guaranteed duo Ephraim. Mm, there you go. Not too shabby. Yeah. Uh, also announced in this sort of news pocket was the fact that Resplendent Roy is our boy, and he's going to be arriving in the game on June 10th, shortly, well, not shortly, right after Sanaki's uh, distribution period ends. Um, what do you think about uh, this new Roy design? I'm... I'm it's not doing it for me. I don't know what it is. It's it's uh, very it's nice. It's uh it's, it's more than it felt that Elliewood was other than the a- actual face. Like the color change seems more than Elliewood had for color change. Mm-hmm. Cuz I think Elliewood was Asker. So Roy being a Niffle the light blue is a nice change for him. But, I mean, he was one that I wasn't sure needed it, per se. You know? Yeah. So, it's nice that he's getting it. I believe he is in the three to four star pool. So, we got another three, four star pool after double five stars. So, it's, 
it looks uh he i don't know maybe maybe the niffle art it's it's too pronounced here and i i think uh i mean previous niffle art would have been azura right am i remembering I so. correctly um and that felt more closer to Azura with a Niffle touch as opposed to this is literally he stole uh, one of uh, Fjorm's brothers. Well, she only has one. She, he stole Hrid's uh, getup, basically. I mean, I'd have to look at Hrid next to him and compare and it may be the case. Yeah, I mean, I don't I mean, mean literally. I just mean it very much looks like they're pulling from the same wardrobe and it just... I don't know. For some reason, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't quite do it for me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, it doesn't have to do it for you. Um, I believe your thing will run out before he drops because you. Oh yeah. Managed to get it, so you would get the. Uh, whoever it was before Hector. Uh um, yeah, I should remember considering I dropped twelve dollars for. Was, was it, it Elliewood right before Hector? It or? was, yeah. So Elliewood, yeah, it was. So I got Azura, Elliewood, and Hector. Um, and I've, I'm, I didn't, I'm not getting Sanaki. I probably won't get Roy, but okay, I mean, yeah, I couldn't remember if yours has already run out or if it was about to run out. Yeah, and I feel so. it. I feel it with these Tempest trials and, and that forging bond event. I feel not having that auto auto battle. Yeah, with it. with the Tempest trials, I waited till a day or two after Sanaki dropped and picked it up so i would have the have it for the tempest trials mm-hmm. so yeah yeah I mean, well you can do it but it's a lot easier to sit sit and forget oh it definitely definitely is especially when you're like let me queue up nine of these while i go uh make my coffee and or the kids cereal it, it's it's super mm-hmm. handy um but yeah we uh we also got news drop of the next update info and eddie what do we got for like we mentioned we got the new heroes coming on the fifth so the day before we'll get the new update uh on the fourth uh and in this post and most likely this is all we're going to get for this one it's likely to be a smaller one we don't but we may get another one between now and uh the drop date of the fourth uh we got just the usual standard monthly updates uh we got the ephemera six choices uh, we have Summer Robin and Summer, Summer Innis for the five-star uh, manuals. Long Q, Ares, Sully, Klein, and Kaze for the four-star manuals. Uh, we have our usual weapon updates. Mur, the Great Dragon, is getting a refine to her weapon. Uh, and Draug, Donald, and Clarice are all getting character-specific weapons and refines with them as, as well. Uh, but they are getting new weapons. Uh, in Ether Raids and Mjolnir Strikes, two build, a building for each has gotten an upgrade. Healing Tower can now go to level 7, and Heroic Banner can now go to, or will go to level 4 once it drops. Uh, of course, we got new songs for the Ether Resort. Uh, nothing new for the Accessory Shop. Uh, and the Heroic Grail Heroes of Iago and Young Minerva will be available to purchase with Heroic Grails. Nice. So, so fairly standard uh banner yeah, the standard monthly stuff they do um no big changes this month which not horribly surprised no no yeah. i mean we, we could i think they've been going every other or every three i i it's hard to recall i can't remember the last big update but uh it's been quarterly like there was something least. slightly bigger this last one 
Uh, maybe it was the activation of the accessory shop. Yes. Know? But, yeah, I can't expect them to do something every month, especially with uh, the apocalypse going on. Yeah, uh, I I honestly don't know. Um, I know that uh, there's been some talk of, you know, Japanese developers being affected and, and sent home, but I think they're back to work now, like they're back to the offices. Um, but I don't know that for certain. I know here in I mean, in the western part of the world, we're still working from home. For game like Heroes, some of it can be done at home, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much. And things are definitely going to be a bit slower as, you know, like if you give a character, let's say you gave a character Mila to work on. And Mila was probably long done before the apocalypse started. But you gave a guy a Mila to design and set up the skills. He does his work, he sends it to his boss, and his boss has to look over the skills and approve it. It's a lot, takes a bit more time when you can't walk over to the desk and say, hey, do this, this, and this. And you have to call or get them on the phone or something. You know? Yeah, I think I think with a game like this, without mocap, the, the hardest thing you've got is probably translation and uh, the associated work with voice lines. And uh, the rest of it, not that it's not yeah, not that it's easy work, but the rest of it can be done from from a home office through teleworking yeah. and and that sort of thing. I, I mean, translation not so much, but recording voice lines. Yeah, that's definitely something that's a little tougher to do. Yeah, still manageable since there is no mocap. But yeah, well, I mean, I mean, we as they've said, they work six months out, so we might not even see the the results of the pandemic until, gosh, maybe September late august uh but there's we been no might, hint yeah we might see down. it around late august because you know we're even maybe early july but you know i mean it takes about six months to complete something normally so this may push it back to six and a half seven months or more yeah you know yeah well uh you know enough doom and gloom we do definitely have some stuff to talk about that's in the game right now which is mythic Milla. And if you haven't pulled on the Mythic banner yet, you you probably might not know this, but there's a bunch of cool heroes on there, including in the colorless range, you've got, of course, Mila, who's brand new, Legendary Om, and Legendary Leif, which, you know, well aware of myself. Uh, over in red, we've got Mythic Lif, Legendary Ellawood, and Larcy. Uh, with blue, you've got Legendary Julia, Legendary Ephraim, and Legendary Lucina. And finally, with green, you've got Legendary Hector, Ocean and Annette to uh, pull from. So those are your characters. And now as I take a deep breath, I'm going to try to get through Mila, Goddess of Love, which is another big description. And um, here we go. Long, long ago, Mila traveled to Valencia from the neighboring continent of Arcanea with her older brother, Duma. On her arrival, Mila blessed the people with abundant harvests. That was when the sibling gods were divided, as Duma believed that the humans should be tested. Sibling rivalry is a powerful thing, it seems, and Valencia paid for it. Some might say this great land had a great amount of shadows cast upon it. Anyways, as a colorless dragon infantry with a light defense bonus, uh, Mila wields Nurturing Breath, which grants defense plus three. If foe's range is equal to two, calculates damage using the lower of foe's defense or resistance. 
grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus two to allies within seven rows and seven columns centered on unit during combat. She has two new skills, one in the A slot called Bracing Stance 3, where if foe initiates combat, grants defense slash resistance plus six during combat and inflicts special cooldown charge minus one on foe per attack, where only the highest value is applied and does not stack. And uh, and the other skill, the other new skill is in the C slot called Mila's Turnwheel, where at the start of turn inflicts isolation on foes in cardinal directions with defense less than units when sorry on foes in cardinal direction with defense less than units defense through their next actions. If deployed in ether raids, offense during light season grants turn limit plus one. And if the turn limit is 7, it will increase to 8, etc. Uh, and then the isolation uh, effect. Now, is that new? I, I guess I should. Uh, no, it's been around for a bit. It's popped up. So it's a keyword they added a while ago. Okay, so to has... remind folks, isolation. Target cannot use or be the target of assist skills through its next action. And wh- I think now that I'm reading that, that feels like something that we just talked about recently. But... Uh, and just having some um, deja vu there. I think there was a new keyword with the last with the bridal banner, but like the first time or the main time I'm remembering isolation from before was uh, Mythic Crom would put it on himself uh, after using his skill, so he couldn't do dance or sing again. I think, or maybe mm-hmm. he had a special version of it. Okay. Uh, well, rounding out Mila's kit is rally slash uh, rally defense slash resistance plus and as a as an assist. And sabotage attack three in the B slot. Okay, so a lot to look at there, and uh, very fitting that they gave her Mila's time or Mila's turn wheel. I thought that was a nice touch yep. as her mythic skill. Yeah, mm-hmm. now, I may have said mythic crom. I think I, I meant legendary crom. Obviously, well, he's mythic in our hearts, right? Sure. <laughs> Maybe I don't know, uh, but yeah, it was nice that they gave her Mila's turn wheel. I think that was a nice touch for for a skill. Um, I don't know I, personally. I don't. I don't think it's it's gonna do much for me. But uh, again, like I love the art that they've uh, that they gone with here to to give her. It's it's very unique to what would feel like um, more concept art for a Final Fantasy game, right? And yeah. that was that was a lot of the vibe I was getting from it. And it's weird, like looking through some of her art, like her feet change colors with every stance. It's weird. I I miss that. I just one thing I noticed about her art, she looks more vicious to me than Duma does at times. Yeah, she's very some much got a lot of like fierceness to her, just coming off every angle and, and I and I love it. And like the rogue, just the just the just the horn, the unicorn horn, just sticking out there. It there's something about her. Yeah, you're right. Like Mila, even in Shadows of Valencia, it really felt like Mila was this this loving character. And then I and I see this art here in the game, and it's like she ain't happy. Like she's she's pissed. Like everything on her in that attack pose is just like coming at you. And like what the heck is happening to her fingers? I'm just. Hmm. Ugh. I don't know if you, I don't know claws. if you're looking at this art no. right now, but <laughs> there's some, some pull this art up. Pull it up because uh this the the attack phase, her fingers on her right hand are just uh 
I know this is an audio podcast, but um, of course, listeners will have will have her as our key art. But I, I'm just noticing it now when you get yeah. up and see your hands. It's, yeah, one of her fingers at least is bent backwards. Yeah, it's I mean, not. Uh, yeah, so you're right. She's maybe pretty it's creepy. A bit of her dragonness coming out. I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, those attack faces look quite vicious. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she is a god, and she's had to put up with her dick of a brother for quite a while so (laughs) can you blame her um i mean duma turns into a bit of a dick by the time we deal with him mm -hmm. but um you know he didn't necessarily start out as a full-on dick he just valued uh earning rewards in you know uh having a tough growth or yeah. whatever you know to fight to toughen up humanity. Yeah, your toughness and all. Where Milo was just, he felt Milo was just giving everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while since I played Valentia, but I think like they worked together initially, but eventually they grew. Their opinions grew so harsh that they separated, and you know, but both. And if you look at the game, both the countries are kind of falling apart with the only one and not both mm-hmm. you know yeah so they're not really doing so hot neither but, are doing uh, great both yeah. have horrible leaders yeah um but yeah i i again really uh appreciate the the art they put into her and, and it's very concepty yes. concept art style I, and i dig that so um yeah Mila goddess of love is now in the game for you to for you to summon and i don't know if it's the first time i did double check uh legendary crom does give himself isolation when he uses his assist skill which is one of those that gives him an extra turn Mm. so okay that's good good stuff uh who do we have returning speaking yep speaking of those legendary other legendary heroes uh the ones on this banner will be returning throughout the year uh the early ones will be milla julia and hector all coming back in august uh, in September, Leaf, Elliewood, Lif, or Leaf, or however you pronounce them, uh, Lucina and Ephraim will be returning in September. And Alm is going to take a nap and relax for a while because he's not coming back till November. Yeah. Well, good thing I've got four or five of him. So November on the calendar. There it is, folks. Soak yep. it in. And I think we have, I have it double check the listing but i think we have no one for october now oh he got moved out of october or well no he wasn't in october but we have november but we don't have october yet oh i see i see i said now i meant yet okay so (laughs) but we we have now gotten all the likely mythics from the echoes game uh so that rounds down one game, although mm-hmm. they might figure something else out to give you more. Uh, any mythic units that you want to see coming? or I mean, that's just a standard question. Yeah. If you have no thoughts, that's fine, too. I, you know what? I was trying to... Th- I was thinking about this, and um, I, I want I want to be uh, pleasantly surprised by someone I had not known uh, prior to the game uh, adding it as a mythic hero. And, and I, I wonder if there's any mythic heroes from um tokyo mirage sessions they could pull from is there something there 
that they could they could pull and maybe mythic is a bit high of a mark to hit for that game but but i would like to see something from um the lesser known games right uh yeah um Tokyo Mirage Sessions, the way it is, is kind of hard. You could do, I think, Gangrel is the one who caused it, or maybe it was Medeus. But their mythics would kind of be versions of normal characters, and you know, that are would be mythics for other games. Okay, kind of, you know, so it's hard to say for sure, and I don't know if they'd have a human counterpart true necessarily i guess i just want to see more art from tokyo mirage sessions in this game because i think it was nice to kind oh, yeah, of mix I things out argue with seeing some more characters from there mm-hmm. i mean they, they are fairly limited but we could get some more did you have any thoughts on characters you'd like to see there's just so many legendary heroes that it's hard to pick them i mean uh it also is the question of what qualifies as a mythic. Like, you know, Sothis is clearly a mythic. Would Saros be a mythic or spoilers not count? Would, you know, and I won't explain why there would be spoilers to explain why she wouldn't count, might not count, but, you know, would Nemesis count as a mythic or the other 10 elites count as mythics? Should they be mythics, you know? Hmm. Um, there's the other there's the eight heroes from uh much you call it uh the original fire emblem Marth's schemes oh yeah the legendary you know, heroes the eight legendary heroes that could probably be brought in as mythics since bringing in uh what was her name the flying tool two sword woman from path of radiance games uh is it it's not Aria, is it? No. No. That's not it. It they, is they definitely an a, a name, but... Is it? Oh, I don't know. And and I feel I feel yeah. bad, because I use her constantly. Like, uh, it'd be very easy for me to find out if... Because she's, she's Altina. definitely... Altina. Altina. No, no, not not Altina. Altina is the normal Oh, one. my gosh. Yes, you're right. Alt, Alt, Altina. <laughs> Altina? Altina? Whatever, uh, yeah. Not the, the one who everyone got a free one, I think, of. Oh, that's right. Wasn't yeah. she the one who won the free one this I year? I think she was, so. yes. She was. Uh, so. Yeah, so I mean, definitely more mythic heroes to go around. But like I said, I, I, wanted to, I, I think it's yeah, time I, we go look at some... And I think, don't get me wrong, Mila, hey, notice we stopped doing this sec- segment. I think we even renamed it and reshaped it because it turned into like, who's going to be the next mythic hero? And I always say Mila. Well, Mila's finally here, so now we can... Notice how I didn't say Mila. Um, You're right. It's Altina with an I instead of an E, like the one I was looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's really interesting stuff. And we'll we'll definitely jump back to Fire Emblem Heroes next episode because now we're going to peer through the L-Realm gate and we're going to talk about Sacred Stones. Uh, hopefully you guys have been keeping up with us as we play through Sacred Stones, which is brought to you by some lovely, lovely Extra Life donors who uh, suggested we play Sacred Stones. And we are going to continue that adventure for at least the next couple weeks because we are getting right down to the wire here, Eddie. 
Um, Quick note, while we didn't let you know in Discord, we did end up doing two chapters this week. We forgot to that's true. post it up once we decided it. So. We're monsters. Um, <laughs> yes. No, I, 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 you know, here's the thing. My characters are, are so overpowered that I, I bounced through chapter 17. And I'm like, well, let's see what 18 is like. And uh, also bounce through that one. I mean, I have I think, a feeling. I think 18 was easier than 17. Oh, it definitely was. Yes. And, and I think that's where yeah. I was. I was happy. I mean, I think mine was definitely easier than yours because I'm willing to guess you got some berserk staves where I didn't. But you know, uh, probably. <laughs> I don't remember them because I've I've gotten so used to them. Um, but uh, let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Uh, Fire Emblem Sacred Stones, Chapter 17. The adventure continues. Uh, the Sacred Stones that defeated the Demon King radiate a constant and dazzling light. The sacred stones are the only power against the dark, the last hope of humanity. It is only natural that evil would seek to destroy the sacred stones. There can be no other force behind this attempt to gain the stones. Lion, or Leon, has come to challenge his friends, quote, uh, with many dangerous foes, including what seemed to be a constant, constant source of reinforcements from the northwest section of the map. Four villagers are left vulnerable in the center of the map, protected by a lone falcon knight named Serene. Taking out Leon, or Lion, he is uh, surprised you were able to best him, but manages to slink away to fight another day. Uh, this map, it features you in the bottom, uh, at least I did, featured in the bottom southwestern corner as you see uh, the the small, uh, small vill four villagers being protected by Serene in the middle of the map, and right next to that, is uh leon and his 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 uh fun places now this map has a bunch of islands that are all connected by uh bridges so um a lot of the strategy i used was sending my flying units straight east to, to take out the the four or five heroes there and kind of made them work their way up north without without uh feeling the wrath of i think there was a, a swordsman with a killing edge there so i kind of kept my distance but uh I did not manage to save all the villagers. Um, one got sniped, and the rest I rescued and kind of kept them from harm's way. But I was a bit bummed. I did not get the item. Uh, I don't know what it was because I I, I didn't look it up. But it was I, I think, a rescue was a, staff. Yeah, rescue staff, which honestly would 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 be. I'm probably gonna regret that uh, going <laughs> forward. <laughs> you know, the last few chapters of every Fire Emblem game are usually not uh easy well, and yours was they were all the bridges connected right away uh there was one tree i had to knock down or sorry okay. there was two trees rather i didn't bother with the yeah. second tree because um uh, the the tree to the east i didn't bother with it because i just had flying units go take care of those mages or those magic yeah. users but but i did definitely knock down uh the so tree who, who got in and killed the villager was it one of the um wyverns from the north or it was it was one of the wyverns he swooped in and i could have rescued the villager and i was like do i want to restart and i was, nah. I was like no i'm just gonna power through my mistake yeah uh, a small child died i'm a monster um but uh well it might have been an adult i don't know i yeah maybe still doesn't because make all, all, all the villagers look like little children they do you're right grandpa so maybe maybe it was a grandpa um either way not but... great but it happened, and yeah, yeah. I, I didn't lose anyone, so I did get the rescue staff. That's good. Um, 
I sent Murr straight. I brought Murr in and sent her straight east, or yeah, east like you did. Uh, however, those swordmasters there were a little tough for her. Doubling her with five damage apiece. Luckily, only one could reach her where I had her standing. So she slipped away, and I let them just come up slowly because they walked across the water, apparently. Um, I sent the majority of my characters up through the center, but I also sent, like, well, maybe not the majority, about half of my other characters up through the center, and the other half straight north, knocked over the... Um, I used, uh, what's her name? Niamh to knock over the tree branch from that side. Uh, sent, like, Ephraim and a couple others up there who... Uh, easily took out most of them with Larachelle up, up there to heal, like Ephraim, Seth. Might have been Ross up there with them, while Erica and a couple others went up the center. Uh, managed to keep all of them away because all the um, Wyvern knights or Wyvern characters were so focused on the characters right there at, the, at those northern things that they could attack, that they never got close enough to try and attack the villagers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, most of my, uh, characters, Amelia, Ross, Erica, Ephraim, were, uh, holding their own and smacking people down pretty easily. Uh, my weaklings are probably Larachelle and Marissa, uh, especially with, uh, Mer's stat boost. Most characters can barely damage her mm-hmm. from her Dragonstone. Uh, and actually that Swordmaster, whether he had a killing edge or not, came up and attacked Mer and critted on her twice. <laughs> for zero damage each time. Well, see, you know what? I never even thought about <laughs> so, sending Murr in because she is a powerhouse. It's kind of funny, yeah, listening to those six or seven armor clinks to indicate no damage as he did all his attacks. Well, at so. least he went down swinging, right? Like, he, uh, yep. you can't say he didn't do his job. He he critted you <laughs> twice. Yep. Did, did no good, but... No. Which also shows some issues with the AI thought process sometimes it's like okay i look at that i see hey i can i have a good chance of critting her but i'm doing zero damage i'm not gonna send that person there well yeah it doesn't care sometimes you just gotta take all the shots you can get right you just gotta swing or else you'll never know if you're not gonna hit or not and uh yeah so they uh yeah yeah. It, it was a it was an interesting chapter like i think when i when I was sort of micromanaging where to send my units and everything was spread out. Like if there's one thing that was nice about this map is that you could clearly divide and conquer because, and, and spread through the map because you knew, you knew for the most part where the enemies were and the reinforcements, yeah. I didn't mention this, but there were reinforcements of the mages as well next to Lion. Uh, he would also Oh yeah, send... the three shaman next to Leon would, yeah. or druids or whichever would spawn new ones and go towards the north bridge but yeah i pretty serene was holding her own against them and i pretty quickly got erica and i think amelia up there to help smack them down and amelia was just laughing in the face of their magic attacks wow they couldn't hit her they could do like four or five damage but they couldn't hit her if they had to hit her to do that that's good uh well she she had a hand axe that she would smack them down with oh good (laughs) No, yeah. Amelia is a so. powerhouse. I'm really glad I invested in her because she's oh yeah the star of the show. And and I I'm right there with you. Probably my weakest units would be Marissa, um, and uh, yeah, probably probably Marissa would be the one that comes to mind. I mean, Erica was a little weaker, but she's she's kind of 
come up uh in the ranks when i finally did get get her to level 20 and then promoted her but um yeah for the most part yeah like marissa is the only weak link but she's close to being ready to be uh promoted although i don't know if yeah. i have the item for it so yeah i had tana fly up and talk to serene so i picked her up halfway through the map instead of at the end yeah what i read you could get her at the end no matter what if she survived so yeah i i had tana go up and talk to her as well no issues there huh. No, no, no. So, like you mentioned, Leon slinks away at the end of that map, which leads us to chasing him in, into Chapter 18. As our chase leads us up into the mountains, where we find are led into a field of Gorgonades, uh, as well as some monsters already out there, guarding them or whatnot. Uh, the various eggs are in the progress of hatching, and certain tiles are lava that will damage your unit for 10 damage. After you fight through the monsters and eggs, Leon appears and Erica runs off after him while Ephraim and company decide to stop and have lunch before chasing her or something or take a nap. I don't know what exactly. Uh, And she is fooled by Leon into giving her the Renee Sacred Stone in order to quote-unquote save him. Uh, Despite her seeing him change so easily in the previous map, she somehow falls for the most obvious trick in the book. (laughs) Uh, and he promptly destroys it. Erica accepts that Leon, the Leon she knew, is dead. So, yeah, uh, yeah, this one wasn't too hard. Uh, Seth got stoned by one of the Gorgons at one point, uh, but I still managed to kill all the eggs before any hatched. And I think Seth was just sitting back there, stoned at the end of the map. Uh, Erica and Ephraim now being on horses was quite helpful. Um, before I realized that Erica would turn into a cavalry unit, I had given her a um, pair of boots to give her boosted movement, so she can she can really book it across the map. Uh, Murr held her own uh, with the step, like I said, the step boost from the dragon stone makes it so most of the units can barely hurt her. I mean, she had the biggest worry from the uh, flame spout that took out ten of her health, which was ha- nearly half her health at that point. But hmm. she levels up nearly every kill and gets gets pretty decent stats on top of the already boost that she gets from turning into a dragon. Yeah, she's a powerhouse. And the fact that Murr is, if you've got the ability to refresh her Dragonstone, so, I mean, the Dragonstone, we talked about this before, like, is very generous with 50, 50 uses, but uh, I don't have that Seeing stat. Seeing as you only get the one in the thing, the... Yeah, the Hammerneus staff or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have it. I have two uses. So I used a couple uses of Sieglin to defeat Leon in the pre- in the Chapter 17 map. But for the most part, I'm planning to not use those Sacred Twins. Um, I was looking through to see how many chapters were left, and it definitely advises for the final... I think it looks to be a two-part map to make sure you take as many of the Sacred Twins in there with you as you can. So... I may have to. I may decide to pause and level up weapon skills in a in the tower a bit. Yeah. Well, uh, for me in this map, um, I didn't have a single egg hatch, and I kind of just uh, I, I powered through it. I I had enough flying units that I kind of split them up. So I sent one flying unit or two flying units north. Mur and I think maybe Tana, or no, Mur and. Um, Vanessa and then I sent uh, Tana to the to the east and I just had the rest of my other units kind of go through there was a bit of a close call with I think 
Marissa because one of some of the demons had the ability to attack from afar. So there was a, okay. a little bit push pull there, but outside of that, it was a fairly simple fairly simple map. I, I thought I would bring loot along with some uh, light magic, uh, but it, it wasn't it didn't prove necessary because the the eggs honestly like um i was reading sort of the uh, the fan uh, the fire emblem fandom wiki that we use for that i use for reference and uh it was saying like yeah you probably won't be able to destroy all the eggs and and i had no no issue uh because i mean i had no issue either like not every egg started leveling up at the start of the map i figured a couple would hatch but it would be like the game would choose random eggs to pop up. So with the mounted units and the flying units, I was able to get, especially with Erica with her extra two movement, mm-hmm. I was able to get most characters up there. Um, yeah, I think everyone but the gargoyles could attack at ranged in the game, in this map. So, yeah, yeah but it, it, and in, in terms of story differences, you mentioned Erica just basically swap everything like Ephraim for Erica and the same thing happened, you know, he, he gave her him the stone and he definitely, definitely oh, pulled the Ep- Erica over. Ephraim actually fell for it in your story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wow. just swapped. So I mean, they both really okay. like the guy. So I, I mean, I get it. I, 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 like, I understand it, but I can't believe that they actually fell for that that easily. I figured it would be Erica both times because Erica being the, Erica, the way they've interacted, and maybe it's done the same in yours from the other direction, but the way they've interacted, Ephraim's been far more on the side of, oh, you, Leon definitely cannot be trusted. Leon is not in control of his own body anymore, you know? Yeah, I think where, so. where Ephraim's coming from uh, in, in my chapter 18 was basically, yeah, I agree. Ephraim, Ephraim's always been, you know, uh, Leon is not in control. Something has control of him. But in this moment, because Leon is able to shift and portray the Leon that Ephraim and Erica remember as children, they're like, oh shit, there really is Leon still in there, and I have to save him. And the only way I can save him is with the Sacred Stone. Now, to to be alone and confront Leon and then give him the stone, it doesn't matter which character it is. It feels very... Um, it feels very out of character for Erica or Ephraim. It seems fairly silly and and a great way to just pull one of the sacred stones off the, off the playing table, really. And, and for me, that, that whole thing is the fact that Erica's right with everyone. She sees Leon. They tell her, don't go chasing after him, Mm -hmm. but they decide not to chase after her. So she doesn't go chasing after him alone. Cause they're right there with her. So they should be able to keep her up. They're both unmounted, you know, Maybe he takes half a turn so he gets there while they're just saying hi. But yeah, know, it, because it, she has the extra movement. Again, it feels like one of those story you know, plot points just to set up the ability oh, to. Uh, I know it's a plot point. That, no, you know, and I'm not. De- I'm not defending the game because I. I think I. I. I am in hundred percent agreement with you. It just felt very, from a storytelling standpoint, it felt very weak. And and kind of to the, at the detriment of these characters, where yes, I realize they're desperate to save their friend, but there's been no evidence uh, to support Leon still being present. Uh, he's I mean, been very vocal yeah. about being evil, right? I mean, I give it more to Erica 
being because she saw him in Jahana where he was whether he was pretending or whether the actual Leon was fighting through. I give Erica a little more leniency, which is why I'm surprised they actually switched it to Ephraim for you. Because yeah, yeah for Ephraim it feels like how how could he fall for that that easily? You know? I'm I mean, especially yeah. since at the start of chapter seventeen he pulls the same trick trying to get Erica to come closer and Ephraim and Amine get Erica to come closer. Mm-hmm. And Ephraim's like, no, don't trust him. You know. Yeah, taken over. Don't trust him. Don't 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 get closer. The, and the game does sideline Erica a little bit in in my playthrough. It real if it feels like she's not really present. Like Ephraim is very much front and center. Mm-hmm. And and when when Ephraim does something silly, it's always it's usually Seth. Uh, Seth and Erica or Seth and Ephraim are like close buddy buddy like they're the ones interacting and playing off each other whenever there's some moment where they're talking of of leon and and erica is is pushed to the sidelines which i i'm not necessarily like i'm not a big fan does the same for my side i think i think for the most part they just swapped characters instead of writing two different stories especially once they got reconnected because mm-hmm. i mean seth goes with ephraim and your story in your version where Seth went with Eric in my version. So, and maybe that's where we're feeling the story pain is that maybe the swap wasn't as effective for, uh, although I, I believe this, this point in the story is, is weak for, it sounds like it's weak for the Erica side and it's weak for the Ephraim side. And, and maybe, yeah. maybe once we start chapter 19, we'll, we'll actually feel, um, some, some resolution there. There wasn't a ton mm. after chapter eighteen. It was basically like, well, we better head to Ralston because that's the last stone. And hey, yeah, maybe like, don't give it to Leon next time you see him. And like, if they did that, mine it was more just Eric, Ephraim came up and was like, I understand, I know. Go ahead and cry. It's not a, you know, or something like that. He was comforting her. Mm-hmm. Let it out. He's he is gone, unfortunately. Something like that. I can't remember the exact wording, but. You know that that was a nice the very ending of it after they caught up to her finally. You know we need to get back. Larachelle's waiting, and he just somehow knew without her telling him that the stone was gone. Yeah, you know it felt. So. Yeah, it's, just, you, it's it's interesting when you look at the story so far of Sacred Stones, and you look back at the first Fire Emblem to come over to North America, I'm I'm surprised that... I remember when Sacred Stones came out, like it wasn't as well-received as the as the previous one. And I'm kind of thinking like maybe this story was a little little ahead of itself uh, in the sense that, it, you know, Fire Emblem fans in the West weren't ready for th- like this kind of story. It feels like a great Fire Emblem story told now as opposed mm-hmm. to when it came out 15... 15- 15 years ago 20 years ago gosh when did it come out (laughs) uh i think i think 15 years ago but um the entire franchise is 35 years old was it now i gotta look it up no 30 years old 1990 is when fire emblem one came out right shadow dragon so sacred stones on gba released in on 2000 in 2004 so it'll be uh, its 16th 16 year years. anniversary in October. Wow. Okay. Uh, so 
it, again, it's more it just, recent than I expected. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, a little bit, but I think like when I remember the story of of the first GBA game to come out, it felt very safe by Western terms. It, and at the point when I was playing it, obviously I didn't have this context, but now playing Sacred Stones, I really feel like that story um, was an attempt at seeing how the West could could handle um, a complex sort of Fire Emblem story, you know. And I, I really do like the story. I really like it. And I think, yeah. I think if they wanted to remake one of the GBA games, Sacred Stones would be, would be a good fit uh, uh, to kind of punch up that story. I think they could do a lot of fun with the like the dual roots and stuff. They could do some yeah. cool stuff there. Now I'll be honest. My ribbing Sacred Stones story here at this point is more that to me it feels obvious. But if for Erica. With the personality she's shown, it kind of makes sense that she would hold on to the hope that it was Leon breaking through and he could save himself with the stone. Mm-hmm. For Ephraim to fall for that feels really weak to me. Yeah, you know? yeah, I think um, so. He's if, played if less the critic, issue, you know. Okay, maybe he has played less the critic, but with the story that I've gotten, for them to swap Eric and Ephraim feels really illogical and weak mm-hmm. i feel like at this point we should be getting the same story beats they shouldn't it, need to swap the characters yeah and that's the thing is uh i find it odd that they do swap the characters because you start the game playing as erica so it's weird that they when they return from the the route you've chosen that they continue mm-hmm. you down that path when easily we are playing a game with both characters they could they could just pick yeah. a canon final route right as opposed to saying well yeah and yeah just the way the thing works more or less the same things happen um to the other person as happened in their route it's just who was with them that changes Mm -hmm. so there's no reason for them not to have the same route after you connect back up yeah 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 it, it is interesting it's an interesting design choice um but uh yeah we'll uh we'll certainly have more game club as we return we've got uh three more chapters as eddie said earlier and we have not decided whether we're going to do either way we're going to be doing um one chapter at some point uh so we either do 19 and 20 next and then we have the conclusion or we do 19 20 21 i don't know well uh, we will see how things go over the week and we will probably forget to update you in discord but you know what we still love you. Any, uh, that's going to do it for this week. Can't wait until we get more Sacred Stones in. I'm really enjoying my time with it so far. Uh, I'm going to be yeah. sad to see it go, but uh, I'm glad I finally did get a chance to play it. And uh, good call on the Extra Life donors. Um, yes. uh, call to have us do so, both routes. Great choice. So seeing as, and we'll probably discuss this with more of us, seeing as our we're winding down. We may or may not take a break once we finish Sacred Stones. Uh, but our current thought process is probably to jump to the Three Houses DLC after we finish Sacred Stones and then do some other stuff in between doing a full Three Houses run. Uh, we'll probably discuss it more in Discord if you want to know, you know the thought process. And we need to work out the exact details between us first. But... That is our current thought process as we get wind down. So, mm-hmm. 
Something a bit more accessible next. Exactly. Something a little more modern and would give me an excuse to play that DLC because I have not yet. So I'm excited about those plans. Uh, Eddie, that's going to do it for Summoner's Call this week. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. You can email the show, faye at gamersinpodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers In Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Uh, that's where we discuss all things Fire Emblem. So if you're playing Sacred Stones with us and want to discuss that, uh, if you're playing Fire Emblem Heroes, you're looking forward to jumping in back into Three Houses, anything you want to talk about Fire Emblem related, that's the channel to do it. Some great folks in there. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, you can find myself at R. Murphy, Eddie at Drowfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforest.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information, a great site. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning. Mm-hmm.